When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. We have today Stephanie Rodriguez joining us. Stephanie, how are you? I'm great, Fallon. How are you? <laughs> I'm really well. I'm so happy to have an RBB and I'm just talking to you about your big day. We're going to talk about all the things. You have no idea how excited I am. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Your wedding is in February 2024. Yes. Where are you wedding? We are wedding <laughs> in Mexico City. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, next year, super pumped. That is by far when people are like, what's your five top favorite places to visit? And I was like, Mexico City is definitely in my top five. Are you from Mexico City? I'm not. I'm originally from Chicago, so very Midwest at heart. Okay. But Close. both of my parents are Mexican. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but both of my parents are Mexican. We grew up, um, they grew up taking us to Mexico all the time. So very okay. close culturally, mm-hmm. um, but not from there. How did you land on Mexico City? So it's actually my fiance. We are currently based in Manhattan. We He's lived in the city for like 10 years. Um mm-hmm the thought of having this giant wedding that we're trying to plan in a city like Manhattan would be nearly dollar, impossible. Dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we were like, where do we find like a similar cosmopolitan city where like people can just take a direct flight where people will have fun. Um, and we kind of land, he, he really picked out Mexico city. I think it's a great find. I haven't thought of doing too many weddings there, but it's it's got an amazing expat community, a fabulous culture. The cuisine is spectacular. So like much it's food. there, it's got so many hitters. It's like duh, like yes. <laughs> the artwork is like everything. Frida Kahlo's, ha- all the things, yep. <laughs> all the things. Our guests are gonna love it. They're gonna love it. I think when you're picking a destination, finding a place that has so many attributes other than just a place to have your wedding is spot on. So you did a really good job finding a great destination. What's your fiance's name? Covey, K-A-V-I. Where's he from? He is from Connecticut. So like similar to me, um, kind of grew up in America, (laughs) (laughs) but his parents are Indian. So Indian immigrants. So we have very similar backgrounds in that both of our parents come from like very strong cultures and then came to America. So we're both like very Americanized, but also very much identify with our cultures Mm -hmm. when it comes to like traditions and weddings and all the all the fun stuff that comes with it. Yeah, uh, Indians know how to have a wedding. I, I will say that one hundred percent, a hundred percent, multi day. They don't stop dancing. Oh, I guess I could say the same thing about you know Mexican weddings. Yeah, y'all are going to be up all year. 
dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already exhausted thinking about it. I was like, who would you call as your planner? But anyway, so Covey is like, yo, Mexico City is it. Babe, we're going. What was the first step for you guys? Because you're not from Mexico City. So it's not like you had like homies there that were like, I know exactly where you should do this. How'd you embark on taking that first step into starting this plan? Yeah. So I have a few cousins who live there. Like I like not like core family, but definitely like a few close cousins. So we got engaged in the fall of last year. And then we said, okay, we're going to relax. We're going to start planning come the new year. So like come the new year is a sprint. We started making all these phone calls. We actually found it's super niche, but we found a wedding planner who focuses on planning Indian weddings in Mexico City. Like it's super wow. niche, but super perfect for what we were looking for. So we hired them right away. They're awesome. And Valen, I know that you're very anti-wedding party is. Yeah. How many you got? <laughs> it's big. It's it's nine. <laughs> Woo! Okay. But one of my cousins <laughs> and now bridesmaids is um, she lives in Mexico City. So we're like, hey, we're going to camp out with you. We're going to do all the venue site- sightseeing. We're going to see everything and just like basically figure out, can we achieve what we want with what's available mm. at the price point? We were like there with just like ready to make a decision. Yeah. And so I think we came back with a lot of really good ideas that was like our very first step. But I will say culturally, like we're New Yorkers, like we wanted to get stuff done quickly mm-hmm. and just make the decisions. But we didn't actually end up signing our venue until like May after yeah. even like knowing what we wanted in January. Things just move a lot differently. <laughs> the moment you step outside of the USA at three weeks. Yes. Or more. <laughs> or more. Like it's not like it's like it's I insane. have a client right now. And we're planning her wedding in Tanzania. And she went down there. She saw the site. She's like, Fallon, let's sign. I was like, baby, the way that that you're not going to sign on site and the way that this is not going to even happen in the next month. I'm laughing at all of us thinking that it will. But it never happens that fast the moment that you're outside. But I commend you for going down and not signing on something sight unseen. Because I think that's so important to like feel it, see it and know like, What's the backyard look like of this place? Like, what's the street look like? And like making sure it's all, you know, cohesive. So you mapped it out. You found a place. You felt good about it. Then what'd you do? So then I think there was still, there were still so many decisions that we had to make within that window of like getting our core venues. Because as you mentioned, like Indian weddings are multi-day affairs. So we then had to basically decide like based on the budget that we wanted to work with, how how many mm. events did we want to have? And then how many venues did we actually need to compile? My fiance mm. was very much of like the mindset, like let's get a hotel for all the Indian events. That way, like it's it's much more seamless. People don't have to be bouncing around back and forth. And let's pour as much of our money into the actual uh, wedding venue, like the venue and reception for the nighttime, ah. like the Saturday night, which like made it a little bit easier. But that being said, I think like, and I know that like so many brides struggle with this. It's like when you think about your budget, like where do you want to prioritize it? Mm. We like are such social butterflies and like have such big friend groups. Have I have a massive family in Mexico. Like our guest list was just like popping off the charts. So <laughs> I think just like it was a very overwhelming spring when we were trying to balance all of those things. Um, and I think we kind of took an approach of being more inclusive on the guest list on the mm. understanding that it's a destination wedding and not everyone would accept or have the means to travel. And then 
secondly, figuring out how we could like maximize our budget while not overburdening ourselves with like so many different venues. Yeah. I think that's valuable as far as like when you just said overburdening yourself with just too many moving parts. I think sometimes you want to like, oh, but this one's great and it would be so great to have this. But I think focusing on what's really logistically sound and what's going to keep your mind at ease is absolutely spectacular. Like there's, I would not recommend a better approach. (laughs) Keeping it simple, keeping it seamless. And the fact that you also have a planner that's, that's down there is absolutely impeccable. So good job there. Where you're at now in your planning process, because it sounds like you guys, you thought through things, you went down there, you organized your budget, you hired someone that was there, you guys got a good roadmap for success. Right now where you're at, what were some of the things and hurdles that you had to jump through or questions that are still on your mind when it comes to planning this wedding? Totally. So I think we actually took a non-standard traditional approach to sending out invitations Mm. So we skipped the whole save the dates process. We were like, like, y'all coming or no? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) We were like, why do people need to save the date? We just want to know if you're coming. So we actually sent out invitations as soon as we signed the venue. We like, I created this like totally decked out website with like so many details, like totally bilingual, totally like detailed. And so we just sent out invitations in May. And we actually asked for RSVPs by September, which is September 1st, which is very early for a February (laughs) wedding. But at the same time, we were thinking like, well, people know if they're going to come or not. And at least to have a ballpark to know how much we're working with, like it it just felt like a right number. Candidly, we haven't heard back from everyone yet, but we have like a ballpark. So we, as of today, have around like 300 acceptances. How many guests did you invite and how many people are you expecting? Yeah, so we invited like 560 guests. On the understanding, though, on the understanding, though, that like 150 weren't going to come straight up, just courtesy invite for one reason or another, they weren't going to be able to come. They were pregnant, they had kids, you know, everything, everything. Mm -hmm. I think we we were aiming, though, for 250. (laughs) With 500 invites? How sweet! I don't know either, but keep going. Talk to me. Let's let's talk this through. Who shall? As of this morning, we're like just shy, just shy of three hundred acceptances. We got the one hundred and fifty decline here to go. <laughs> Sorry, we got Sorry, the one hundred and fifty declines. No, I know. Oh, okay, good. Which good. was good, but we still have like a hundred and change unanswered. And so that could swing us like really in a whole other world. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Step one, does your budget account for like 400 people? Are you prepared to pay for 400 people to show up (laughs) or will you have to be prepared? Are you going to have to take out? We will have to be prepared. prepared. We're, we're going, we're very much like, okay, go big or go home. Um, Sounds like you're getting a third job. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Great chat. We're here. Safe space. Um, I think people also just like got excited by it being like, to your point, Mexico City. Like, ooh, never been to an Indian wedding. I got so led astray by my family. I thought that not this much of my family would want to show up, but like everybody is so 
Pumped. They're like, it is lit. I am coming. <laughs> Mexico City one is like a super cheap city. So I was like, I am. If you invited me today, I would so come. You would get my RSVP tonight and be like, oh, yeah, I'm in there for sure. Especially an Indian wedding. I know the food's about to be bomb. I know the music's going to be great. Like and churros. But anyway, so it's like, duh. like and churros are literally my favorite thing. I already know exactly where I want to go to get the fresh month. Anyway, but anyway, so you've invited more people than you had anticipated are coming. Where are you, what, what's your, what's on your mind right now? I think I'm less worried about the budget, which Cubby would hate if I, if he heard that, but silence, like, <laughs> like that will figure itself out. Okay. I, I, I would like to think, I think what I, what I worry about is, is there enough like budget remaining to actually make like the wedding reception, which I think is what I care the most about to make it look and feel like the wedding that I always wanted. And like, I'm not asking for a lot, right? I'm not asking for it to look like some like extravagant, like celebrity wedding, but it's like little things like tend to add up. Like, and I'm like, Oh, I know I want, I want this. I want it to look like that. Oh, it'd be nice to have like this little detail. Um, when we started to look at the numbers, I'm like, oh my gosh, is my welcome party going to be absolutely bare and look like, like a work conference? (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I think that I think it's, it's, it's being able to like sprinkle the costs around the event so that everything has like a good feel, but not overextending. Well, I think that's your first step is to focus on the feel. And I was talking to a friend yesterday and I was like, a lot of times what happens when you get disappointed with your wedding is because you're so focused on the look of it and you're not focused on the feel. And the look you can't sometimes is either out of budget or the look will be something that once you actually see it in person, you're like, ah, so that leaves rooms for disappointment. And you're not able to really manage your expectations, especially since you're usually not seeing anything until you walk into it on the day. But a feeling is something you can try and navigate. So I would say focus on where do you want, because ultimately this is a lot of bodies. Even, Even 300 people is a lot of humans to navigate and manage. And I would say put your attention on the places where you can actually see your money and where your guests can see your money, whether that means see it and hear it. Whether that means I'm always like, if you have great music, people can usually forget about everything else. (laughs) If you have really great food, things and really great drinks and like open bar, like really like hit them hard with that mezcal, like give them like even shows like people out there like spinning the bottles and like doing the whole thing. Like if you're making it super interactive, you don't have to focus on all the tabletops and like are there potted plants here and are there flowers there? Get a really great venue that's just basic bare bones. Keep it simple with the decor in there, but give them all the experiences of great vibes, great music, great food, and great drink. And I think from there, you're you're set up for success. I love that. Easy. And then you can throw your money at the tabletop stuff for your reception because you got uh, probably going to be sitting 400 people. Oh my gosh, Fallon, don't say that. <laughs> okay, 395. Plus It's like, that's a lot. I mean, and I think instead of making this a concern that's going to come up and bite you in the butt, because you still have a lot of time between now and February, it's really working with your planner to say, what's, what's the best case scenario for this? 
Let's right. plan. Let's plan for 450 right now. Let's just get it out of the way. Just just rip the bandaid off. Like, let's go ahead and plan. What would my budget look like for me to have the wedding of my dreams? If four, 450 people had to sit down and eat, what does that look like? What's my backup plan on that? Can we do stations? Can we do this? Can we do that? I would say run your dream case scenario, backup plan, plan C. Yeah. So that way, as the guest count starts to trickle in again, you're really prepared and there's no, because the last thing you want to do is like three weeks before the wedding, you're like, how did we end up spending another hundred grand? It's so, it's, <laughs> you know, people talk about like money, feeling like monopoly money towards the last month. And like, somehow I feel like I'm there right now. It is. Like, I can't be, I can't have like five months of monopoly money. It, it's, it is like, we have a wedding this weekend in Chicago and it's like, even in every wedding that I do that month before the invoices literally fall from the sky. And I'm, I, 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 it's at some point I'm like, wow, these people just have all this money just sitting in their bank <laughs> accounts, but they, you make it happen because you've, you've invested so much in building up this experience for folks. You're, you're so focused now on not disappointing them. Right. So get, get your, get your dollars and cents in line first. And then so that I, I think you're in a good spot now because you're seeing where this can go. Nip it in the bud before it gets there. Yes. But I think you're I think you're going to be fine. But I would also be really I would be a real stickler about that RCP date. Oh, I tried. I tried. <laughs> I was like, we are boxing people out. It is September 1st. I don't I'm sorry if you're on Labor Day vacation. Like this was it. I feel like my well, and that's the thing. My fiance is the is the one like Covey is the one who's very much like, oh, it's fine. Like let our recipes will trickle in in October. It's fine. I was like, it's fine. What? Have you seen the number? And he's like, we'll figure it out. Like money's fungible. I'm like, okay. I feel like that's also partially why I've relaxed a little bit because I'm like, okay, if you're saying if it's he's okay, not figure it out, then like, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. But also be realistic about it. Cause some people 100%. say we'll figure it out. And he's, I don't want him to be like, when did it get this high? And you were like, well, you did say back in uh, September that we were going to figure it out. And uh, <laughs> it's time to figure it out. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, I think it sounds like you guys have some flexibility, which is great. But this is still one day. Let's, you know, yeah. and I, I think you, you, you guys have more that you really want to do and want to play. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so I think one of the things that like also stresses me out, and I've gone, we've gone to collectively to a lot of weddings, probably like 20 in the last couple of years. Ouch. And I know That's a lot of I mean, dresses and gifts. And <laughs> sorry. Yep. And, and Cubby's like in the older, like he's like of the last of his friends to get married. He's 35. I'm eight years younger than him. So I feel like I'm kind of like in the earlier stages of my friend group getting yeah. married. So um, that also attributed to like the guest count. Um, so <laughs> I think one of the things, and I've gone to so many weddings and it's always like a one day thing. And like, I'm even exhausted as a wedding guest after having mm-hmm. been to a, a one Saturday day wedding. But our wedding is a four day affair. Like it starts on Thursday morning and it wraps up with like a family, like lunch on Sunday afternoon. So mm-hmm. I'm so nervous that I'm going to be by the time of my actual wedding day, just like completely exhausted. And so I like, Mm. like to think now in my head, like I'm going to be super protective of myself, my sleep, my meals. Like I'm not going to drink anything until like maybe have like a glass of champagne on our, on our open, on our welcome party, but like really, really wait until the reception. Like, but I know that when the day comes, like I'm just going to be so excited and I'm just going to be unrealistic. Yeah. I was like, no. You're going to be riding adrenaline for four days straight. Yes. It's going to be great. But when you when you crash, you'll be like, oh, my God, what happened to me? You've been hit by a bus like it's going to feel terrible. I will say, though, this is a I think that's a great thought to have. Like, how do you pace yourself? Because I have had a lot of weddings. Well, not a lot. I've had a few weddings where even it's just only been a day. And the bride starts drinking super early in the morning. And by the reception, like by the first dance, she's a little, like she's a little saucy. And I'm like, sis, you good? Like, we need to keep you on water, like stat. Like, we haven't even made it to the toast. And you're already like, wee. And I'm like, okay, focus, sit, look, look together. So I hear you. I think it comes with, like you're saying, set, set the expectations of make sure you're eating clean, especially the week before. Like really do whatever fasting you need to do juice cleanses, have tons of your liquid IV and like all those electrolyte mixes, like keep those stocked. I think as long as you stay delightfully hydrated, not that I'm a nutritionist, but it's like whenever you're drinking, just keep drinking tons of water with it so that you can maintain yourself and pick the night where you're going to lose it all, which is generally wedding night. So yeah, I was like, I think you're in a good space. Like as long as you're pacing yourself and you're thinking about it, some people don't prepare like you're preparing they just go like excuse my french but like balls to the wall like we're outside it's my wedding like nah girl sit down over there (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it's gonna be fun though it's a lot of adrenaline a lot of emotion but i would also say definitely carve out time in your um we've had a bride who actually carved out time for meditations but she's also a meditation teacher so that was important to her So even getting a good workout in, if you can, like on Thursday, maybe go for a morning run or a walk or something. I think 
just find that time for yourself and make sure you don't miss it and you really prioritize like you're saying. Love that. Yeah, I think you're on. You, you got good stuff. I'm excited and I think a lot of our guests are excited. I think also part of what I, when I think about like I'm being in the part of like the design of the events and like what we're, what all we're going to do. Like there's so much going on just by the mm-hmm. nature of the two cultures and, and the destination itself. I'm trying to, th- not, not that I'm like trying to cut things out, but it's like, there are always these little things that I, I feel like as a guest have been kind of overdone. Like I've seen it mm-hmm. a million times. It's not even re- really necessarily like for the, for the bride and groom. It's just like almost like an Instagram off or something like that. So I'm, tr- I'm really trying to be thoughtful around avoiding some of those things mm. that are just kind of like more trendy. And like one of the things that I was thinking about was like, do we really need like, like a photo booth area? And like, I need you to tell me, Valen, like, am I, <laughs> am I being like, too like, we're in no. Mexico, like, we have a beautiful venue that's gonna look like a Hogwarts interior, like, it Ooh, can't that be the backdrop? Yes, that right? is. I think people bring in photo booths when it's when they have nothing else to capture. When you're yeah. at a destination like this, I've never had a photo booth at a destination wedding ever. Okay. But a ballroom in New Jersey. Can someone bring me a photo booth, please? Because <laughs> you need something else. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you need something else to do. You need something to look at. But the ambiance of being in Mexico City, it is its own set of decor. It's its own right. atmosphere. And that's the drive for a destination wedding. You don't need to add any of the American fluff is what I say. It's its own, it's its own thing. Okay. Yeah. This makes no, me you don't feel have to a do lot nothing. better. <laughs> Hell, you don't even have to get welcome bags. This city is so lit. Like all you have to okay. do is <laughs> I did okay, go there already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby was like, no, it's nice. People are going to need Advil. People are going to need their liquid IVs. I'm like, yeah, but like there's also drugstores. Like, well, I will say there are no drugs like American drugs. We know how to get Fair. drugs done. So I would say <laughs> make sure you're getting like, I would definitely have your liquid IVs. Um, you know what I've seen at some events too, which have been really cool. This might not work in Mexico City, but you know where they do the IV drips, where they actually come to the event and they plug you up to actual IVs? I was thinking about that for us, like for Friday, for like after Friday to like be in a good state. I think, I think that's something to keep internal, like keep that for your wedding party. That's great idea though. To really get that recovery in because you're going to, you're really going to need to pick me up in the in the worst way a little bit, probably by Saturday morning. My wedding party is going to love that. They're, I think and they're going cool to idea. abuse it, but they're going to love it. <laughs> I know them. Make your appointments for your <laughs> IV drips, guys. Like, it's like, I think it's cool. <laughs> Ask your wedding planner for someone super reputable because that's I'm always yes. a little anxious about medical things, but I think that's super, like it's kind of the same as like having a COVID test person come like I think that's just a cool service that you can add the welcome bags I will say it doesn't have to be so intense I think a lot of times we're focused on overfilling it and like really making it so like jam-packed with snacks and stuff and it really yeah. should be more intentional and it should it I'm always like less is more like if you're gonna do it have it be something that really if people look at it they know it's from you and they're like this is so them. And I, yeah. I, I think I've said this on many episodes. A thank you note that's handwritten. I know you're probably not going to handwrite 450 notes, even though 
whatever, but just something that is customized and maybe you're signing all of them or something, I think is a really great touch point to just tell everyone, I know you guys journeyed here. Thank you so much for coming. You know, here's just a little something that's a representation of our love. But also when people are traveling, sometimes they're packed to the brim. And the last thing I need is another seven pounds to add to my, my carry on here. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, or anything over three ounces, like whatever it is, let it be something delicate, delicious, or like really trivial, you know? That's really smart. I definitely don't. Yeah, I don't. I, the last thing that I want, like, I'm not a green freak, but the last thing that I want is people just like throwing stuff out and like. Yes, they do. Yeah, I've, I've thrown stuff. I, I've thrown stuff out all the time from those bags. I don't eat the cheese at some time. So I don't either. <laughs> it's fake cheese. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be responsible for messing up Mexico City's ecosystem. Like oh gosh, it's no. not it's not my bad. So <laughs> usually when I'm doing a destination wedding, I always contact the hotel or I'll contact kind of like a local bakery or something and say, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. Can you make a local Whatever it is. What's that? The bread that they have for Day of the Dead. Like that special. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. My family's going to kill me for not remembering it. I, but it's it's on the tip of my tongue. But it looks like a. I call it a hot cross bun. Like it's a it's little like bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're like. It's like, like this. Sign like, language it's like, yeah. yeah. I was like, it's like. It's, a, it's great. Like something like that. Like just having a small little treat that represents Mexico City. And yeah. maybe there's a little um, Indian candy that also represents him and it comes together and it's like when you walk it like great if you don't eat it it will it'll go in the trash and no one's gonna know like it'll be fine but if we're amazoning a million packets of like advil liquid i all of that stuff just creates waste and i don't think you need it take what you absolutely think people will use other than that support a local business and hook somebody up with 400 pie orders <laughs> totally all for supporting local businesses <laughs> always Literally, even our hotel. So the hotel that we chose, because so many of our events are happening at a hotel for the Indian wedding, we like we didn't want people to feel like they were like in a Hilton and a Marriott. Like, no offense mm-hmm. to those those networks, but like we Shout just didn't we wanted. I know, I feel bad, <laughs> but like I'm we just didn't boy. want them to feel like they were in like a corporate setting. Agreed. So we actually ended up going with like a local Mexican <gasps> hotel, and it's kind of this like art deco style which I feel like gives it so much personality where we don't have to worry too much about like decorating it it's not that we wouldn't decorate it but it's just like it has its so much personality already Mm -hmm. that we want we definitely are trying to support local that being said there are those challenges with going local Mm -hmm. like it has all the infrastructure of a hotel but the Mm -hmm. it's just harder to work with them I would say response time also them really understanding what you're what you mean sometimes when you think something is implied it's yes. only implied to us <laughs> so it's like a lot of times when we're doing destination it's really over communicating and like really like kind of talking it through i hop on a lot of calls saying hey this is what i'm envisioning sending a lot of visuals pictures this is what my expectations are but it's really having to over communicate with a destination wedding with every vendor, not just your hotel to make sure. Are you understanding me? Assume nothing. Assume absolutely nothing. Assume they've yeah. never done a wedding before. 
I'm telling you, it kind of feels that way. I'm not even kidding. Like, I know that they've done weddings. Like, it's it's part of why we chose them. But it, it and like I said, that that like brings me back to like where I've been in this whole part of the planning process. I would have thought we would have been like past that, right? Mm-hmm. Like months ago. But we're still kind of working through some of those things. So yeah. it never ends. And also, I think it's something to recognize that the the whole concept of planning is you're always you're going to be planning this wedding up until probably moments before the event. And I think a lot of us feel like, oh, when I get a wedding planner, this is going to be so seamless. We're going to be planning and it'll be done in three months and we'll have to do nothing and we can sit. That is that I've been doing this for 10 years. It never it's never going to happen that way because you're managing a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of bodies coming in. There's lots of questions and a lot of things out of your control. You're going to be planning this wedding for a very long time until the event day. Be okay with that. That does not mean you're behind. That does not mean you're not prepared. And it does not mean you're not doing it right. That's what planning a wedding is. <laughs> it's like yes. you're in it. So I would say understand you're going to be in this until literally the day before the event. And just lock up and load for that. That's all That's I got so you. true. I wish I knew that. <laughs> I wish I knew that like a year ago when we got engaged and we were like, oh, we're just going to give ourselves time. Like, no, we probably should have gotten started. It's okay, though. We're having fun. fun. Where it'll be really fun and it'll be like a very memorable experience for everyone involved. Okay. Well, you've got some cultural questions that I really want to bring an expert on so we can talk about how we're making sure your Mexican side, the Indian side, everyone feels like they're being appreciated, loved, and seen and heard. So we're going to bring an expert on and really deep dive into some of these cultural questions you have. Okay. Awesome. I'm excited. Now it's time to ask our expert. For this segment, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. For this episode, we have on Jazz. After seeing that there aren't many Latina wedding planners in the industry, she wanted to start a business that celebrates her own culture and traditions. We have her on today to help Stephanie find balance between cultures so everyone feels appreciated. Jazz, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Stephanie, are you excited? I'm so pumped for this. <laughs> Jazz, where are you based? So I'm based in Los Angeles, California. Hey, neighbor. All right, cool. Yeah. You're down the street. Yes. All right. So <laughs> Stephanie is doing this multi-day Mexican Indian wedding. And it her, I think your breakdown, Stephanie, you've got 50% American, 40% Mexican, and about 10% Indian on the guest roster. Yeah, that's roughly correct. All right. And now we're just we're just trying to make sure we're blending everything together. And it's in Mexico City. So we've got the location kind of is taking the anchor here. But off the bat, Jazz, what do you think? Like, what's the first step to really making sure everyone feels like seen and heard? Yeah. So I think this is going to be an amazing wedding, first of all, (laughs) blending three different cultures together. And the fact that you're having it in Mexico City, it just opens a whole new world. Right. Um, But more than anything, I think what you and your fiance really need to do is just sit down and think about what is more most valuable to you and to your family. Like, what do you think your family wants to see? Because I feel that whenever you have a mixture of different cultures, 
um, it's hard to blend or hard to think of hmm. ways to blend them. So the best advice that I can give you is just sit down with your fiance, your fiance, if you have a good relationship with their family, with your family, and ask them, what do you want to see? Like, what cultural aspects do you want to see? Do you want to see more Indian food? Do you want to see more Mexican food? Do you want us to incorporate maybe some of um, the traditional ceremonial um, mm. things of the wedding? Um, I know that the Indian weddings have a lot of culture as well as the Mexican wedding does. So I think just going back and asking family members um, and also asking yourselves, what do you really want? What do you want this day to be about? I think that would be the most helpful um, in terms of you blending both cultures together and your American culture as well. <laughs> yeah, that one that, that one's a little overrated. It's fine. Hey, Stephanie. So <laughs> um, when it comes to what where you guys are now, because you have four days of events, how yeah. have you kind of divided and conquered? Are, are you doing some specific cultural events on certain days or blending cuisine kind of throughout? What how are you guys have tackled this so far? Yeah, so I think so the way that we've structured it is Thursday, it's very much like a welcome to Mexico City for our cousins, friends, all the young people, young adults ish, um, <laughs> like partying in Mexico City on like the, in the floating gardens, which is like this like gondola experience. So it's like very Mexican. Mm -hmm. Thursday afternoon is like the henna party for all the bridal, um, all like the bridal party. So it's like the Indian part, <laughs> going to be an in Indian clothes, all that good stuff. Friday night is like traditionally what's called a Sangeet, which is like the yes. traditional Indian welcome party. It's a bunch of Indian dances. We've actually decided to make that more of a fusion event. Mm. We're, it's going to be, it's still going to be called our Sangeet. I'm going to be, we're going to be in Indian clothing and it's going to be Mexican food. Oh. And it's going to be, we're going to have a mariachi for like an hour. Oh, <laughs> And then <laughs> our wedding party is doing like, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Indian weddings, but they do yeah. like, like wedding party dances. Yes. yes. They yep. do then they're going to do the choreographed yeah. Indian dances. So it's going to be like a whole mixture of welcome to our cultures. This is our family. Like yeah. this is what this weekend I, I is that. set up I for. think that's just a very good introduction. Like so far from what I'm hearing, it sounds mm -hmm. like you're doing a good job. <laughs> oh, I agree. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Nailed it. We actually couldn't really come to a compromise on like doing one, one ceremony because the ceremony that my family envisions is a Catholic mass. Mm -hmm. And the ceremony that Cubby's family envisions is like the traditional Indian like like Indian priest under under Mind like up. A, yeah and being fully like in a sari so how we split up Saturday is like Saturday morning is the Bharat the Indian ceremony and an Indian lunch and then give people a break in the afternoon and then in the evening it's the mass and then the, the wedding reception which is going to be like you know just American or you know mm -hmm. what we're what we want out of it so that's how we've kind of structured it. And then Sunday is like fully Mexican with like this after party. Mm -hmm. So that's the structure. It's a lot, but we actually couldn't really come to an agreement on how to blend the two ceremony wise. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. It, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I, so far from what I'm hearing, it sounds like you, you guys have planned it well and you're kind of giving an introduction of what, 
the wedding's going to be and what both cultures are, which I, that would also be another recommendation in terms of if you have like stationary items. I usually don't recommend stationary items like a timeline to give to your guest or anything like that. But in this case, I would just in case people don't know what the other culture is. So for example, I know that if I were to invite my mom to an Indian wedding, she would have no idea what is happening. So giving kind of like an explanation a little bit ahead of time um, would be helpful for your guests, um, especially if they've never been to a henna party or they've never attended a Indian religious ceremony. And same thing yeah. for your Indian folks, um, you know, giving them a just a brief description doesn't have to be super you know detailed of what a catholic ceremony is um if you're going to do like a lasso ceremony you're going to do um the arras just telling them what the significance of it is because a lot of times what i've noticed is that a lot of cultures kind of blend together so there might be something very similar in the indian culture that is almost mirroring what we're doing mm. in our mexican culture and so people can say oh yeah like that is similar to you know, this other thing that we do. And so it's not that yeah. far off if you think about it at the end of the day. That's so true. How are you feeling about the fact that the two separate ceremonies are, you guys could, you're still having the mass, but how is the temperature in the room understanding that you're not having a traditional Indian ceremony? So we actually are. So that's what we're doing Saturday in the morning. Ah, uh, okay. So you're doing that in the morning, having the lunch and then also having the mass. So you're doing both. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's Woo! where I it's that's where I feel also like I worry, like, are we trying to do too much? Like I I worry, but at the same time, it's like I think what we want to do is like celebrate what it means to wed for both of our cultures. We hope it works out. We hope it's that gonna people work. make it to the party at the end of Saturday. They will. But I, I agree with Jazz. It's like telling because that that Indian ceremony is a it's a it's an investment of time and energy. And it's she's long and mighty. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> grateful that I think a lot both of our families are also very understanding of that. So we're trying to truncate both ceremonies to be a one hour max. So ah, okay, good. Indian All ceremony right. one hour. Catholic mass one hour. Then I think that's perfect. We're doing a fusion Indian wedding this coming weekend. And we did, we still did ceremony programs that were really super detailed. Of like, this is what's going on. This is what's happening next. Cause it, it's a, like you're saying, jazz, it's a lot of moving parts that you're like, what is this? And even for the Mindy, it's like, we're giving descriptions of what henna means. How did it culturally come about? So I think you're, as, as long as you're kind of infusing, like jazz is saying, kind of those descriptive meanings of like what this means. I think you guys are doing a really great job highlighting each other. I think, I don't think it's too much. I think, I think it's a really good job. Yeah. And then I also think that you're <laughs> doing a good balance though, because you're going to have yeah. a, a Ternobola after <laughs> like the following yeah. day. And I feel like that's what a lot of, you know, just my Mexican side of the family, that's what they look forward to <laughs> aside from the <laughs> wedding. It's like, what are we going to do the following day? Like, you know, what are we going to oh, have? Yeah. You know, you're going to hear all these different things that happen at the wedding that you might have not even noticed. But that's that's the fun part of it at the end. It just, is. You it can is. just relax, take a deep breath and then just kind of enjoy the moment <laughs> and, and live into it. Well, that brings me to another question that that Stephanie brought up as far as like translating. I know, and like, 
do the programs have to be doubled? Do people have to say things twice? Like, and, and Stephanie, how many people are truly like strictly Spanish speakers, um, would you say? I would say like 30, like 25 to 30% okay. like Spanish only. And like balancing that though with like 5%, I mean, the rest is, I guess, I guess I would say the rest is like English. Yeah. Okay. Jazz, I'm open to understanding like how you think someone tackles that especially with this cultural thing happening. It's like, we've already have some things you might not understand, but here's some more things you might not understand. How do you, how do you make everyone feel again? How do you make it, how do you make it work? Yeah. So that's a very good question. Um, so when you want to do something bilingual, I always recommend that your officiant or your priest in this sense, in this occasion for them to be bilingual, for them to be English and Spanish speakers. And if you, I don't know how many strictly just, um, you know, um, Indian people you have that do not speak English or Spanish. Um, I don't know what your percentage is, but if you are just worried about your Spanish or your English speakers, just have a bilingual um, officiant and they can kind of go back and forth. They don't have to translate word by word everything that's happening in the ceremony, but they can kind of go back and forth in terms of translating different parts. So some parts will be in English, some parts will be in Spanish. And I've realize that a lot of the older folks, they really appreciate that, that it wasn't just one language, that they understood parts of the wedding, maybe not the full thing, but they understood some of it. So if you want to have, you know, the exchange of vowels, maybe you do it in Spanish and he'll do it in English or vice versa. Um, if he's up for it, of course. Um, oh, so that's something. <laughs> so that's you something that you, you could do. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something that you can do. And, and people really appreciate the fact that you took them into consideration. And that's my best recommendation if you don't want to translate word by word, because translating word by word can be a lot. And I know you're it's trying be a to two keep... hour ceremony. Yes, it's going to be a two hour <laughs> ceremony. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, if you wanted to keep it under an hour or an hour only, that's going to take a while. So just kind of yes. going back and forth in terms of the different parts of the ceremony that are happening. That's that's the best way to go. If you don't want to translate everything word by word. Also, it's like you could have a whole set of programs that are just in Spanish. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've considered right. that already, but it's like, you know, have like, you know, here's your Spanish menu. Here's your, here's your English menu. Like, and also at the, on the wedding, I don't know if you're having a fully plated dinner, but I would definitely have strictly Spanish menus as opposed to just all English. So I think it's in the printed documents are probably going to help you the most keep from elongating the speech being translated but what are your initial thoughts there I love that I guess like one I love I love everything I'm hearing because I feel like it respects both while also keeps like people informed and like it's not like oh, content overload the one thing that and I don't I'm totally open to any thoughts here is like speeches because mm. I know that that like I feel like when you're listening to a speech and everyone's laughing at all the jokes and like, there's something about yeah. hearing a speech live where like you have to be, you have to hear the joke. And when you say a joke the second time, like it doesn't land the same nearly at all. Yeah. So there um, are some speakers who could do both. Like our parents are going to give a speech presumably the night of like my sister, my maid of honor could do both, but like Cubby's brothers can only do it in English. Like our, our friends giving speeches at the Sangeet can only do English. So I don't know. Should I just like let that one go and have people do whatever language they're comfortable in? Like what's the best, what's the advice there? Yeah. I, I think you should just let it go and just 
do have people give the speeches in whatever language if they feel comfortable in or like for example your sister if she can speak both English and Spanish very well maybe ask her to do it only in Spanish in my experience I feel like when you say a joke like what you were just talking about right now the translation may not fully be there <laughs> yeah. when you say it in Spanish and so I feel like sometimes that's a little off or when you say it in English and people are like wait I, I didn't I didn't catch that yeah and so I so my recommendation is just allow your whoever's giving your speeches give one in Spanish and give one in English and kind of have a balance of both and if you guys are going to do a, a thank you speech as well, or just a, a brief thank you, I would suggest to do the same, like one in English and one in Spanish, just so that both cultures feel included. Mm-hmm. What's the language of? They speak Tamil. Um, there are like, I think like maybe 10 guests coming from India, but I I can't, I'm not 100%. I'm pretty sure they, they have some this... basic understanding of English. So it's okay, like they're cool. going to be totally out in the dark. All right, perfect. Because I was like, if that's another language we have to worry about, then we're going to have a lot of programs. Um, but it sounds like if English and Spanish are your only, I don't think you're going to have too much of a of an issue. Um, and I agree with Jazz on every point. I think you're in a good spot. Just don't overthink it. Let, let people do what they can. Because um, you're doing a lot already to make sure everyone is feeling, feel taken care of. So I think you're in a good spot. But this brings me to the question that's most important to my life, the music. What, how are we gonna play all the music for the, the Indian, the American, Spanish? That playlist is fire. <laughs> <laughs> how do you blend it? Are you doing different sets for different people? Does the DJ know how to play an Indian song? What's the jazz? What, do you have any suggestions on how to tackle music? Definitely having a DJ that understands all cultures. And I feel like that's going to be probably <laughs> the most difficult part. And I hope that you have your DJ already. If not, uh, you know, maybe thinking of hiring two DJs, like maybe one Definite. that's American and then one that's Mexican-American, just so that they understand both cultures and just kind of give them like each their own time. Like I'm guessing this wedding is going to be like, two, three in the morning, just like partying the entire night. Um, yes. And then if you want to add some some more cultural aspects to it, like having a mariachi is a great idea. Like having a banda, if that's what you like. And then also having Indian musicians there, like all of that will just really bring in kind of mesh in terms of the culture and having them in different moments. So, for example, if you want to have like cocktail hour and have like an Indian band there, um, just to play for a cocktail hour or play in dis- different aspects of your wedding, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you're already doing like in the different days and just kind of blending all of that together. I feel like that's the best way to go about it. And I I wouldn't go out and say, oh, I need to find like, you know, a Mexican band, an Indian band and like something else that's going to cater to my needs. If you if you don't want that, if it's too overwhelming, just go with DJs. DJs can play everything and anything. And if you get a good one, they're going to be able to, you know, kind of hit it outside of the ballpark in terms of that. Yeah. So, yeah. And it sounds like you're getting a lot of requests from your RSVP that people want to hear more Spanish songs. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like, I'm going to go with what's culturally there. Mm -hmm. And like last night I went salsa dancing and I was like, this isn't music I normally listen to, but it was a vibe and I was there and it was tequila. And I was like, okay, let's go. So it's like, you're having a great time. I think as long as you're creating the atmosphere, people can Mm -hmm. generally enjoy themselves 
in anything and you'll yeah. drop a couple of you'll drop a couple of gems that are speaking to a couple different cultures but at the end of the day you are where you are and i think as long as you let that lead the way it's not like you're playing afro beats and you're like why is no one dancing well <laughs> you're in mexico i i say let it rip <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, that's great advice Cause, yeah, because no one can come up to you like, why'd you play so much Spanish music? Well, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, you did a bilingual wedding website. How long did that take you? Oh, like, bro. hours. <laughs> hours. I would be on the subway and I'd just like, translate this sentence, translate that what? sentence. Oh, no. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, and like in the U.S., like, I mean, Latinos make up like the second majority, like minorities here. And there's no good websites, wedding websites that can translate fully in English and in Spanish. And that's yeah. like one of the biggest struggles, like for all of my couples. <laughs> you have a new business that I think you need to start. <laughs> I so just, true. I'm, I'm literally I just know, sprinkling I that. Know. Free business ideas. Uh, if you started, I will follow you. So, same right? here. Yeah, that, that I think that's the hardest thing. What? It, it's it's so hard, and and not only that, but like a lot of the or, the older folks, like they won't go on the website. Of course not. So you're sometimes you're translating. You're like, well, why am I translating if only like they're not even going to read it. it? Yeah. Okay, so you've sent out invites, and your mature folks are like. Yeah, you and your website can kick rocks. What are the details? And you've done all this beautiful work. Jazz, are we using WhatsApp? Like, what what are we doing? Are we doing a group chat? What's the sitch? How, how are we getting these people involved? No, I think <laughs> it, to be honest, it's all word of mouth. Like, oh because that's, that's another thing that stresses a lot of my couples out. It's like, I sent them an invitation. I told them when they need to RSVP. I did it so easy for them and I have not received anything from them. And I always tell them, get your mom involved. Get your tia, the one that's always like, you know, chismeando, always talking. Like have her and them like go out and like tell people if you're not RSVPing, you're not coming to the wedding. Like you're not getting full details um, because that's a struggle. Like and sometimes you don't have the time to like grab the phone and talk to people. And so that's something that I tell my my couples. I'm like, hey, if you want me to call that like uncle and aunt that has not responded to you or cousins that are probably around the same age as you, but for some reason feel like they don't need to RSVP, give me their number. I will call them. And you kind of have to pick up the phone and give them a call because if not, it would just probably sit there with the rest of their mail and you won't get an RSVP back. Like that's one of the hardest things in our culture, just getting people to RSVP. <laughs> Stephanie, you're already over your guest count. I would say don't call any of these <laughs> people and tell them bye. <laughs> yeah, I, literally. Everything you said, I was just like, yes. And even like, I have that tia, my tia Rosi, who has been like calling everyone and she's like, okay, send me the latest list. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to stop sending you the list Ooh. now. <laughs> it's like, like she speaks super helpful, but she's like, oh, okay, okay. Are we not talking about it anymore? She's like, oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm team. It's September 1st. Like, no, uh, no problem. Okay. So what's the next step? How do we, uh, Stephanie, how are you closing this list down? What, what's the game plan? Are you going to make these calls? How are you going to communicate to these people who are not looking at the website? What's, what, what's your plan? <laughs> 
I will say my mom like sat down and my mom and dad sat down and like basically just like manually started RSVPing people on their behalf, like, <gasps> confirming all their details, which I, at first I was like, mom, are you sure that these people are coming? She's like, oh no, no. Yeah. She texted me her, her meal choice, you know, her, her email. I'm like, why? So that happened. I've Jess. already gotten like the, can this person come? No, no. Like, we're, we're past that. Do you think people that are invited that aren't RSVPing are going to show up? Well, that's what I worry. So there's like a set of people who haven't RSVP'd and my aunt is just like, oh, it's fine. If they didn't RSVP, they won't come. And I'm like, okay, huh? are you sure that's the case though? Like, Cause I need an RSVP. I, no, not. I need an RSVP. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> are you able to call any of these people yourself and just be like, Hey, Yes, I could. In theory, I made sure to not invite anybody who I like didn't know or wasn't close to. But that being said, I just like my family's just obnoxiously large. Yeah. I'm trying to be delicate while also being patient while also mm. being realistic. Can you be all of those things at the same time? It's my right <laughs> now, <Fallon. laughs> so, I mean, my September one has come and gone. Yes. And how much more of your list is left unanswered? 112, of which I think like 30 are on my side and the other 80 and change are on Cubby's side. Are you setting now an internal date that is going to be a, well, my recommendation is that your drop dead date. Yes. Your wedding is also not until February. I'm just going to preface that. Step one. You have time. You do not need to have these numbers now. You'd like to have these numbers now because of financial reasons and you want to see where your budget's going to go. But what's the latest you, f- you feel comfortable with letting this ride? Realistically, like with contracts and how they're set up and everything, I think mm. like, I think November. Only because we're going down to Mexico City for Thanksgiving week to like actually do all of our trials, all of everything, like seeing everything physically, paying some vendors in cash. So mm-hmm. I think that's where we try. We need to like make sure that we're not going over or under a certain amount. Okay. Um, I think that's like the big, the big day, if I had to say, which is still early. Okay. I mean, I think this is really helpful for other people who are planning because not getting your RSVPs in time. Yes, culturally for you, it's something just because people aren't looking at the website to do it. But across the board, this is definitely the number one reason of a lot of things go a little outstanding is because people aren't RSVPing in time. I think having this internal drop dead date, but also the date that you tell other people should always be two different things. <laughs> it's like for this yes. RSVP date, I need I actually need the date. I actually need all of the intel and the data on this date. I'm telling people three weeks before that. Yes. In your case, I'm like September 1 was your external, your internal drop dead. It should definitely be October 1st for you, in my opinion. That is the that is yeah. the internal date between Covey and I. And then we're like, November, we need to know how much cash we're bringing. That's Because like, uh, I was like, that'll give you a month to organize yes. resources, <laughs> to tap talks with all the parents. Like, look, this is where we hit. Stop inviting anybody because it's closed. <laughs> There's no one else can come. 
that's it's done. So I think I think you're you're good. October one, lock and loader, but keep telling yes. everyone we need it now. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, that's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. And if you guys want to follow along with Stephanie and Jazz, we will link their social handles in the show notes. So make sure to check them out. Follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram, and you can follow me at Fallon Carter Events. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until death do us part. Batches.